the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Well, this is Chuck Olmstead, and this is Heart of the City. Today I have with me a very good friend that I've known for a while. His name is Pastor James Broughton. He's pastor of Damascus Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, pastor James, welcome today. Well, thank you, Chuck, for having me. Yeah, well, as uh, I've explained before on uh, the beginning of the program, that uh, we like to do Heart of the City, and uh, we we have some great teaching on KGNW, lots of great pastors you being one of them who who uh, shares from the Word. But one of the things that we don't have a lot of is testimony of of what uh, of how the Lord has worked in, in people's lives where they've been able to share their, their own personal testimony. And so when I thought about uh, today's program, I thought about you and wanted to have you come in. Uh, you, you are, you're already on KGNW. You're, you're on every Sunday at 10 o'clock. Yes, I am. Uh, with a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and uh, some great teaching on there. I love uh, when I'm either going to church or coming back from church, depending on whether I go to first service or second service, I get to turn KGNW on and listen to you on Sunday mornings up in Everett and uh, listen to the Word being proclaimed. What a blessing. <laughs> it is, and I know there's a lot of others that have told me that they, they listen to you. and uh, But... Uh, I'd love for you to be able to share your story of how the Lord has uh, worked in your life personally and uh, what, your, what your story and your testimony is all about. So obviously we start at the beginning. You did not grow up in the Seattle area. No, no. I was born and raised in, in Oakland, California. In Oakland? Yes, sir. Oh, so that's a Raiders fan, big yes, Raiders sir. fan. You're born a Raiders fan. They hand you a birth certificate and a hat. <laughs> and it has an Oakland uh, Raiders uh, yes. logo on the on the birth certificate. Yes. <laughs> Not a 49ers fan. No. No, it's got to be the got to be the Raiders. Got to be the Raiders. <laughs> so, uh, is your family originally from there? Mom and dad grew up in that area? You've got No, my my mom and dad were actually born in Louisiana. Uh-huh. And so my uh, mom migrated out uh to live with my uncle who lived in Alameda. California, and then all of a sudden, years a few years later, uh, my father came, mm-hmm. and so uh, along with my brothers, and uh, so we grew up in West Oakland for a little while, and then we moved to East Oakland. Okay. So, what was life? Uh, so, this you were born in the what early uh, late sixties, uh, uh, early sixties, early nineteen sixty three, nineteen sixty three. Yes. So, what was life like in Oakland, California, in the in the early sixties, mid sixties? Life was interesting. It was interesting. It, I grew up, um, Oakland was segregated, and so most African Americans lived in the uh, North Oakland or West Oakland. 
um, McClyman's High was a, a powerhouse in West Oakland. Uh, and so we grew up near uh, McClyman's High School. Uh, it was a, a place littered with um, Victorian homes, a beautiful place near the Army base. Um, just, you know, life as a little kid, you know, mischievous. Uh, it was just your, 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 your typical um, lower and middle class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And your dad, for a living, what did he do? What was My it? father worked uh, at a place called Owens, Illinois, and uh, it was a, a company that had made glass. Uh-huh. Yes, for, for years until he hurt his back, and then he became a barber. Uh, and my mom was studying, trying to go get her degree, and at the same time raised three boys. Interesting. Yes. So three of three three brothers. Mm-hmm. And you're the oldest, youngest? I am the, the youngest brother, and then my mom had two girls. And so basically I'm the middle child. Uh-huh. Yes. So what was, um, uh, what was the spiritual life like for you? Were your parents believers? Did you know the Lord? Was it, did you go to church? Or what was the atmosphere like? It was an interesting atmosphere because my parents separated when I was young. Hmm. Uh, and so my mom would, it was interesting, my mom would send us to, to Sunday school. And my mom taught us uh, in those days you could, uh, they would ask your religious affiliation. And she says, whenever someone asks you, you tell them you were a Baptist. And it's like, okay. Uh, and so we went to church periodically. Uh, my mom was, uh, I, how would I say it? My mom was, if, if not lukewarm, my mom was not, she was not walking a faithful walk. Mm. Uh, neither was my father. Uh, but my mom, it was interesting because when uh, the superstitions would kick in, when it was uh, lightning and thunder, and my mom would pray and sing, and I guess that was some of the traditions. I don't know if that was just uh, with African Americans or if that was something just older people from the South. Uh, but we, she had a beautiful voice, and she would sing these songs. She taught us how to pray, so we would bless and thank God for our meals. Hmm. So there was... Um, there was some spirituality, but my mom and dad were not overly spiritual. Mm-hmm. So you 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 weren't regular church attenders, or you might go Christmas or Easter. CME. See, <laughs> Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter. Oh, Mother's Day. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it, at least once a year. Gotcha. I would go to church. Uh huh. Yes. Well, at least there was some sort of a seed there, whether, you know, that, that was in your heart and in an atmosphere, at least an acknowledgement of, of God. Yes, yes. And it's amazing because years later when we returned to Louisiana, we found that my great-great-grandfather was a pastor, a um, very gifted teacher. Uh, we, there was two churches in Louisiana called Cherry Hill Number 1 and Cherry Hill Number 2, that were uh, founded by uh, my uncles and my grandfather. Hmm. And so my uncle sat me down one day and shared with me the legacy of our faith. Hmm. And it wasn't until my parents moved to California that they essentially abandoned their faith. Interesting. Yes. So what, uh, uh, in your teenage years, uh, involved in athletics, involved in sports? Uh, what, Avid what happened? baseball. And then finally, basketball. 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 Basketball became my passion. Uh, and so I was able to parlay uh, basketball into a scholarship at Chico State University uh, in California. Uh-huh. Um, my, my life was, um, it was not just mischievous, but I, I was very, um, I was a good student when I wanted to be. 
you know, and that was our way, my mom would say, because I came from a low-income home. Uh, my mom would say that would be your way, either athletics or your academics will get you out of uh, this neighborhood. And so was that uh, was that always a mindset? You know, there needed to be something to happen to get you out of uh, of the neighborhood or get you out of a situation. Was that kind of the hope and desire for a parent like that to to want to obviously as all parents, you want to have your life better for children, but did, uh, for your children. But did she see that as a necessity? In other words, we want to have you excel in sports or have you excel academically to get you out of this situation. Sports was secondary for uh-huh. for me, and she didn't press my brothers as much as she pressed me because she kept telling me, "You're you're special. You mm. have a, you have a level of intelligence that." You know, your brothers don't have. Your brothers are very good practically with their hands, but you have intelligence. So my mom would come to me and ask me questions. I'm, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. I would read to her, and so she was saying that you would be the one who now would go to college. And so academics was first, and Interesting. then uh, sports was second, because my father was a, a very good basketball player, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but it was, no, you go to school first, and then basketball takes a, a backseat. So high school, were you, were you a star? I wasn't a star. I was a good player on uh-huh. a very, very good team. Uh, all 15 guys on our team actually went to either Division One or Division Two. Uh, colleges to play basketball. We were very good, ranked number one in the state for for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I came, uh, Oakland is very competitive. Uh, the, the, there's a lot of guys that I play with that played in the NBA, uh, you know, and so when I think back on those uh, years, those summers where we played basketball together, uh, the glove, you know, I remember when he was a youngster growing up. Really? Uh, yes. You know, it, and it's it's interesting to see the guys uh, because we all came out of a similar environment. Uh, interesting. Yes. So could you take him now? I mean, you know, like no, the glove. I couldn't take him now, but then, yes. <laughs> Do you yes. let him know that when you see him? I haven't seen him in a while. It's interesting because he still, you know, when you, the, the Gary Payton that Seattle grew to love, he has. He did not change. Oh, really? When he was a youngster, yapping on the court. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's very competitive. Very competitive. Uh-huh. A lot of good guys, a lot of good athletes, basketball players, uh, came out of Oakland. Mm-hmm. So, what was the Lord doing in your heart at that time? He was trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, when I from high school up to college were very dark years, um, dark in my life, very promiscuous, um, not really mischievous, but promiscuous. Mm. You know, uh, I wasn't thinking about God. And um, he, did, he had no foothold in my life at all. And uh, it wasn't until I actually flunked out of school um, because I wasn't going to class. And uh, it hit me. My father said, okay, uh, now you're going to have to pay your way. You're going to have to pay your way. If you're going to graduate, you're going to have to pay your way to school. So I actually got a job. Hmm. Um, I brought my grades up that summer. I went back to school, and then I, I decided, okay, now, because the onus is on me, uh, then now I'm going to straighten up, and I'm actually going to um, you know, be a good student. Um, 
but I didn't follow the advice of, of my uncle who told me just stay focused in school and, and let the, the women alone. They'll, they'll come. And so ultimately, because I didn't listen, uh, I had twins out of wedlock. I didn't know God. Hmm. And so all of a sudden now I'm needing a job. I'm out partying all the time. I'm living at home with my, with my mom, um, but I'm not really looking for a job. You know, I'm just being wild. Mm. And I, I recall one night, it was near um, New Year's. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting in, in the club with all of my friends, and I'm unhappy. And I used to be so happy sitting in the club. I used to be happy because I was the life of the party. You know, uh, the, the drinking, just being wild. And I remember being in that environment, being so lonely. And I, I looked at my friend and I said, can you just take me home? And uh, he says, yes, I, I'll give you a ride. He said, what's wrong? And I said, I don't, I don't know. I'm not just, I'm not happy. I'm not having fun tonight. I'm surrounded by many of my dear friends. I'm, I'm in the midst of an environment that I used to crave. So I don't want to drink. I don't want to dance because I, I wasn't a good dancer. I don't want to meet any women. I am just want to go home. And I remember walking in the door and walking into my room, and as I was closing the door behind me, I fell on my knees, and I lifted my hands, and I said, Lord, I hear you. Oh. I, I hear you. And, and it was that moment. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, there was no, uh, the sky didn't flash. There was no lightning flashing. Uh, the sky didn't open up. I didn't hear that, that Charlton Heston, that, that deep voice. I, I didn't hear it. It was silent. But I heard his voice, and I said, Lord, I surrender. I, I hear you now, and I'll give my life to you. And I remember the peace that came upon me in that, in that room. And, and I was thinking years later, I said, you know, if I died that day, I know I would have been in the bosom of God mm. at that moment because his peace came over me. Hmm. And so I called my daughter's mom, and she had been inviting me to church, inviting me to church. And I said, can I go to church with you Sunday? And she says, yes, I'll come pick you up. And uh, she picked me up Sunday morning, took me to a church that was 25 miles from my house. Now, my, one of my best friends was a pastor who had a church three blocks from my house. That's where my mother went. At, you know, that's mm-hmm. the church she sent us to. That's the church that my sister was very active in. And he was a dear friend. But I went to a church that was 25 miles away from my house. Hmm. When I hear your story, uh, it, it, it makes me believe there were people praying for you. Yes. It had to have been. Yes. Because you, you really, I mean, were you, did you have a longing for God? Was there this hunger and thirst? Or was there just this dissatisfaction and you realized who you needed to turn to? What what was going on where you just knew you needed to give yourself to God? My mom, in all of her faults, she did something that I'm eternally grateful to her for, uh, not only birthing me, but she gave me a God idea. Mm-hmm. And there was, a, there, was, there was present in me always a God idea. So there was never in my mindset uh, that God did not exist. It was never, uh, does he exist? It's always, uh, will he? It's, n- it's never can he, it's will he do it. So it was an awareness. And so, to, uh, Chuck, it, it was interesting. We would walk down the street, 
and uh, just using profanity as we're walking. And we're nearing a church, and we would clam up. Mm. And we knew to be respectful of the church. Or mm-hmm. if we saw the people of God, we would change uh, our deportment, our demeanor. Our vocabulary would change because there was always a God idea. Mm-hmm. And then my father rededicated his life before I gave my life to Christ. Really? Yes. And and so my father, who was a barber, so when I would go in and sit in a barber shop, all of the music was gospel music. And there was no profanity in his shop. And a lot of preachers and a lot of ministers and a lot of uh, church folk would, would uh, frequent his barber shop. So when you went in, the atmosphere was there. Mm-hmm. And so even though I'm sitting in the barber shop, you know, sometimes hungover, the conversation was uplifting, mm-hmm. you know. And so God was working on me. I didn't know he was working on me, and God was working on me. And so when I had that epiphany, I realized that I had been saved for a purpose. Mm-hmm. God has a, has a purpose for why he I should have drowned at age 14. Uh, I jumped into a swimming pool uh, because all of my friends could swim, um, the, the the pool went up to uh, went down to six and a half feet, and so I dove I dove in and I couldn't get out, and I kept trying and all of my friends I was the only one in the pool, and so no one would would come help me, so I just drifted to the bottom and I just sat there waiting to die, mm-hmm. and I remember a hand came through the water and pulled me out. It's interesting. The gentleman's name is James. Interesting. He pulled me out of the water. Uh-huh. And I would tell my friends from that day, I don't know what's going on, but I, God has a plan for me. That's all I would say. I would go out and do my, my foolishness, but in the back of my mind, I said, God has a plan for my life. Amen. Amen. Yes. So after that night where you gave your, your life to the Lord and said, Lord, here, here I am. I give it to you. What happened? Well, I went to church, and I had a ball. And you know how churches uh, give an invitation. And I couldn't wait for the invitation. I didn't know what the pastor was preaching. I didn't care what he was preaching about. <laughs> I was good to the, the, the part where you tell me the doors of the church open, you know, uh, invite me to Christ. And soon as he said it, my hand went up. And I went towards, and the people would sob, you know, because they were so grateful that uh, a a sinner has repented. Mm -hmm. And so as I came up, I could hear, and he gave me a big hug, you know, and it was welcome to the family. And so they gave me uh, a New Testament, and I read it the whole, all week from Sunday to Sunday. So the Sunday I received it, I finished that uh, Saturday night. All 27. uh, Cover to cover. Mm -hmm. All 27 books. I I did not come back. I read the Bible Hmm. every day, all day. And whenever I wanted to put it down, it would call to me again. And And you never had that hunger for the word before? No. hmm. No. And then it was interesting because I'm listening and and not understanding that I'm listening to the conversations that were happening in, in the shop. Because I, 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 when I came out of new members class and I'm now in a Sunday school class, I'm answering questions and I have no idea where that answer came from. I'm quoting scriptures. And so one day the teacher says, I'm going on vacation. I need someone 
uh, to teach for me. The class turns around, points at me. And I'm looking at them like, I'm new. I've been saved now for about three months. And it is, no, you're going to. And it was, you know, the commitment I had uh, for basketball, commitment I had to sports, the commitment I had to, to being worldly, that same drive, now I sh- it's shifted hmm. to the things of God, you know. And now, okay, God, all right, I have this hunger for you. I have a degree that I need to finish. I want to go back to school and finish my degree. He says, you're going back to school, but it's not to finish the degree that you think you're going to get. I'm a year and a half away from a major in economics and a minor in finance. And all of a sudden, uh, God says, you're going back for theology. Wow. Yes. How old were you at that time? At this time, I am 33 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm 33 years old. Wow. So we've got about a little over four minutes left. So in, what happens next? Are you you go on to school then to yes. finish your degree? Yes, I go to uh, San Jose Christian College, uh, eighteen month degree program. Soon as I'm finished, I'm thinking about um, seminary, and so my wife found some seminaries. Oh, you said wife, so something happened in between that uh, time. Yes. <laughs> I want to hear yes. about that. <laughs> I, I met my wife at our church. Uh-huh. Yes, and we were married in 1998, November 28th. So uh-huh. we've been married 17 years. Congratulations! Uh, thank you. I, I married a wonderful woman of God who's full of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a servant and loves God and loves her husband. <laughs> and so after I graduated, though, I, I needed a seminary. It was interesting um, because the day uh, we were accredited, uh, I called Fuller Seminary Northwest, mm-hmm. and I was granted an interview over the phone. And I, I kept hearing God say Seattle for a whole year. Hmm. Every day, there was something about Seattle. And I told my wife, I believe God is going to send us to Seattle. And all of a sudden, the day I graduate, the day I, I get into Fuller Seminary Northwest, and we move in 2002, August 14th, we move up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So did you take a, a church at that time, or you were still in seminary? So what were you doing vocationally at that time? Seminary, my wife told me that I am a full-time student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went to school uh, for three years. I graduated with a master's in theology from Fuller Seminary Northwest. I attended Mount Zion uh, Baptist Church, mm-hmm. where I met uh, the wonderful Reverend Dr. Samuel Barry McKinney, mm-hmm. who introduced me to the wonderful people at Damascus Missionary Baptist Church, wow. where I now serve as the pastor for the past 10 years. Been there, and and I've had an opportunity on on a few occasions to come listen to you preach, and you're powerful. The Lord's used you in some some powerful ways to minister to your people and to pastor your people. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing to be able to share the power of a testimony, to be able to relate to people's pain, to share with them that I I, I understand where you are. I can I can relate to you and at the same time be able to deal with people to say that God is able to keep you from falling. Mm-hmm. So maybe you didn't have a background like me. Maybe God kept you from falling, but yet we still can relate to one another. What would you say, and, and this is a, uh, 
uh, hopefully not a hard question, but what would you say your life message is? If you've got a message that comes out of your life and the story of your life, how would, how would you summarize that and say the message is this? God is faithful. Hmm. God is, is faithful. He is not slack concerning his promises. It is God's will that none would perish and that all would come into the knowledge of the truth. And when I look at my life, and I see that he kept calling, he kept calling, he kept calling. And, and yet when I answered, uh, he didn't uh, vilify me, but he welcomed me into, it, into his loving arms. Amen. 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 So I, I would uh, I'd love to uh, have you invite our listeners to come hear you preach. Where is the church located? 5261 Rainier Avenue South in Seattle, Washington, yeah. 98118. <laughs> Got even the zip code in there. And if they want to check you out online, your your website address? Is www.damascusbc.org. Damascusbc.org. So we've been uh, talking today with uh, Pastor James Broughton of Damascus Missionary Baptist Church. And uh, Pastor James, I've so enjoyed listening to you share your story today. I know there's uh, probably so much more that you could share with us, and uh, maybe at another time. But uh, I encourage you if you if you're in the Seattle area and you're looking for a, a church home or or just wanting to uh, check out a, a Sunday to head on down to Damascus. Uh, service time started. 1045. We actually have two services, one from 8 a.m. to 9.15 a.m., and then the other at 1045. At 1045, and if you don't have a chance to uh, attend a service there, you can always listen to A Breath of Fresh Air on KGNW uh, 1030 every Sunday morning on KGNW. Well, Pastor James, thank you so much for joining us today. Lord bless you. Bless you, sir. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to KGNW.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.